Welcome to Emran's podcast, episode number 46. This is your host, Suman Silwa. You'll get to where you need to get to far, far better if you're actually like enjoying it and doing what you actually can. This episode is brought to you by Seven Bridges Marathon event. Please visit emruns.com to receive 10% discount on Seven Bridges Marathon, Half Marathon, and 5K. I'd like to welcome Gary Dixon to uh, Emron's podcast. Gary is uh, our first international guest. He's Skyped in from Liverpool, England. Gary, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Not as well as you, though, because it's uh, Super Bowl day. Um, I'm aware. My, my eldest son's a big Super Bowl, or should I say, uh, football um, fan, so uh, he'll be up till uh, the early hours of the morning watching that. Yeah, it's a six-hour difference, and... Um, and probably yeah, early hours, ahead. we don't know how the, the game is going to go. And Garen, you and I, we know each other from pacing the multiple marathons, especially Chicago. And recently, we paced the Miami Marathon. I think that's when we got to know more. How do you feel coming intercontinental and uh, going back, immediately back? How has your recovery process worked for you? I'm very lucky because I don't get jet lag. So... I mean, I flew in on Friday and I left straight away after the race last Sunday, similar when I was in Chicago, similar when I paced New York. I recover very well and I sleep very well on planes, which meant that having done Miami last week, I was in the office in London on Monday morning at nine o'clock. I tired a little bit by four or five o'clock or whatever, but, but I was absolutely fine. So... I think also because I tend to pace, um, if you like, the slower paces. So typically speaking, you know, I'm pacing, you know, the, the if you like, the five-hour groups and whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm used to, um, uh, if you like, long periods of uh, of exercise and, and being on your feet and so on and so forth. So uh, um, by the time I, it comes to sort of like flying back, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty tired anyway. So, but no, very good. I, I recover very well. That's funny because uh, people like us, we're just from here locally, and for us, we feel so tired even to go to work next day. You're flying back, you know, it's just interesting how your body can manage to go come back and forth within such a short period of time. Yeah, I guess I'm lucky. Um, I'm, I've traveled quite a lot business-wise, but also um, because I've traveled a lot business-wise, I've taken the opportunity sometimes to, to again, you know, do marathons while I've been in some, uh, you know, pretty, you know, faraway places. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've done marathons in Auckland in New Zealand, um, Seoul in South Korea, um, and and also in in the Middle East um, where I actually did one in, uh, in Riyadh and I did uh, Dubai a couple of times. So if I, if I can fit it in with uh, with some of my business and that as well, I, I try to do that as well. That's very interesting. Before we deep dive in, in pacing and running and around the world, give us a background on your running journey. How did you start running? Was it this part of the things you, you have done all your life or you picked up later on? I think really it was the, um, later on. I used to play a, a reasonable standard of cricket and squash and, uh, and also soccer. Um, and then once... I was probably too old to to, to play at a you know a, a decent uh, amateur level. I uh, I started running. I did my first marathon in 1999, which was uh, which was New York. Um, I did it on the back of three half marathons, and and uh, genuinely had not got not gone any further than that. So. I had no idea, you know, what it was going to feel like to to try and double up, and I was very lucky. Um, you know, I did my first uh, um, attempt. I did it in three hours fifty six and and thirty odd seconds, and didn't really get the bug. You know, I, I I did it, and then I just did the odd marathon for the next so like you know five six years, and then um, I suppose really going back 
five years or so ago. Um, I started doing a few more. Um, and then I kept on seeing these people who had these um, T-shirts on in, in the UK, which said, you know, 100 Marathon Club. And I got a bit of intrigue with regards to that. And, and so the last um, three years, you know, I, I've stepped up my uh, uh, my volume. And um, I did my 100th marathon uh, in October uh, 2015. So got there relatively quickly. But I suppose really lucky as well because, as I say, you know, I managed to um, do them in some sort of very, very nice places because, you know, I managed to uh, mix uh, mix work with pleasure. And I know we're going to talk about pacing in a bit, but but to me, I got involved with uh, with pacing um, uh, just over three years ago. I was I was the first pacer for uh, for the Chester Marathon, and um, I've been hooked on it ever since. So, you know, last Sunday in Miami was my uh, 27th full marathon where, where I've been a pacer. I prefer that side of it now to, to, to actually trying to exert myself at all to, uh, you know, to push for, you know, PRs or anything like that. Yeah, I was going to ask you about pacing and pay, being a pacer. Uh, looks like it was an interesting journey to be a pacer. So what motivates you to be a pacer than, than running? I think you mentioned this a minute ago a little bit about it. Tell us, uh, you're you're pretty energetic. Um, the way I know, personally, we have the couple of times we met. And also, also, you tell me the story about being pacing, very energetic. So tell me about why do you like to pace? I, I enjoy it. Uh, typically speaking, as I say, I, you know, I'll, I'll pace groups which are, um, you know, five hours, you know, 4.45, five hours. And so I think quite a lot of people who um, run the bigger events, um, whether it be London, whether it be New York, whether it be Chicago, um, at those kind of times, quite a lot of them are first timers. And, and so I, I have a very calming way. Uh, I like to think with, with, with regards to how I choose to pace. Typically speaking, I have a Bluetooth speaker with me, so I'll play 60s, 70s, 80s all the way around and, and, and genuinely just try and have a bit of a sing song, try and make it fun for uh, the people who are running along with me, try and find out a little bit about them, take photos as we go along, just genuinely just, just work uh, to try and take their minds off it and, and to get maximum enjoyment out of, of it from, from a personal viewpoint as well. And so far, yeah, it's been really, really good. And I think the, the nice thing about, uh, about pacing as well, just using last weekend as an example, when I was coming down the finishing straight in Miami, there, there was a lady who was on my bus in, in New York and she had a big megaphone and, and she made it clear that, um, you know, uh, she thought that, um, I'd done a good job in New York. She's got a 34 minute PR and, uh, little things like that just make pacing worthwhile. It, it, it's just, um, you're not doing it for yourself. You, you are genuinely doing what you actually do to, to try and get people hit, hit their goals, you know, so, so they actually achieve what they're looking for and, and doing it with a smile as opposed to, you know, you're going to hurt. As, as you do 26.2 miles but you know at least we we try and do it in a fun way so that uh yeah it's yeah, good it's, it's good i mean uh, as a pacer myself and i enjoyed enjoy pacing and um, taking those um runners first timers or nth timers to their pr or first timers to their first time finishing and guiding them guiding them through the course that's really enjoyable and also um there's uh so much to you know i can always run a race doing a pr like you said 
I'm doing running for others. You know, that's really what makes a difference between running a race versus pacing. So is that how you feel? Absolutely. You know, uh, you and I have run a number of marathons ourselves, so we know how hard it is. We know how hard the training is and we know what efforts, you know, a lot of the people who are on the bus that, that we're actually um, driving uh, have actually gone through just to actually get to the start line. So we can make uh, make it not easier for them, but but just actually sort of like, you know, pull them along. And before you know where they're up to, they've done eight miles, then 10 miles, then 15 miles. And yeah, it's just taking their mind off what they're actually doing, what they're actually achieving, um, and getting them to think about all sort of different things. And I say, in my case, typically speaking, it's um, some some pretty uh, cheesy uh, old time music which uh, which you can sing along to. And I have different playlists as well. So so you know when I um, when I come to the USA and whatever, I do try and. Um, you know, pick on um, artists and whatever kind of thing that are, you know, it's like typical uh, American groups and singers and whatever from that particular like era. So, uh, yeah, you like to play the song. I think I, I, I like to just sing song, make them songs along the way. So may help them to sing mm-hmm. as, as well. We we sing my group and my, in my group we sing and make up songs along the way. So and I have a playlist on my own now. I'm, I have a new have a new song coming up for that next week or this year at least. So to so go along uh, <laughs> going along on this pacing and then seeing the world. Tell us uh, what are the areas have you cover? You you go to Europe. You have paced a lot of different races in Europe as well as as U.S. and have, have you done like Asian Asian countries? Kind of give us some highlights of the pacing you do and what is the difference also pacing versus U.S. versus pacing in in Europe? Well, firstly, the only other pacing I've done outside of, of the U.S. is is in the U.K. In Europe, because of the languages, they will tend to um, use their own nationalities. So you know, particularly in so like Paris and and Rome and, and Milan. However, in in September this year. Um, I am um, pacing uh, the Berlin Marathon. Um, they've introduced for the first time some five-hour paces, and uh, so myself and, and a lady that um, is pacing London with me this year, uh, we're going to be the um, the first five-hour paces in Berlin. So that, that that'll be a good experience. In in the UK, pacing is um, not as common as in the US. So so for example, you might have six or seven races in the UK that have paces, of which um, only London and Manchester are out and out marathons um so a bit like in miami last week you know um i'll pace let's say nottingham and the first half is is very busy because you've got the half marathon but then when the half marathon splits off um the second half becomes a very different race to pace because the the groups that you're actually sort of like with are, are a lot smaller but the, i would say the big difference between the u.s and the uk in terms of uh, of how things are actually paced first first of all in the u.s um, you go off in waves. Uh, they don't do that in the UK. In, in, in the UK, literally, it becomes a very um, slow process uh, from whichever start you're actually going through. So, so they'll just actually sort of move you through. And so, for example, on the Red Start in London, which is the, char- um, the charity runner start, you know, it can take 35 40 minutes uh to get over the start uh, whereas club runners and and the the elites and the vips are over in you know 10 to 15 minutes maximum whereas you know using last week as an example and also so like chicago going off in waves and, and going off every five minutes then you know the, the back groups are going to be you know 45 minutes to an hour um before they go across the start line but at least they actually know you know they can gauge um that so i think it, it's very well organized uh in the u.s in, in terms of the wave starts i also think 
The other major difference is that in the UK, um, typically speaking, we run with a backpack, uh, with a flag, with whatever time we're actually pacing compared to in the US, uh, where obviously we run with a, um, with a flag in our hand, uh, which denotes what pace we're actually running on one side and, uh, you know, what our target time is on the other. So they're, they're, they're I would say the, if you like the two main differences, it'd be interesting because again, obviously Berlin being one of the world majors with you know fifty thousand runners, um, I should imagine that'll be a very similar experience to the UK more so than the US because again, um, I think they run with with flags um, as opposed to um, uh, as opposed to just sticks with uh, with times on. Definitely, uh, and yeah, US is is much different, and, uh, and but it's very uh, pace wise, and the way we do it is very similar from the even the from race to race. You know, it's very little here and there different, but most of the races we pace very similarly. I mean, I've done mm-hmm. what ten or twelve, thirteen now uh, paces here in the US, so, so and different cities, cities as well. So that's that that's very similar. Before we move on from the topic of pacing, I just kind of want you to give us your best story or at least one that you that kind of sticks out on you and uh, think about what makes a pacer a pacer versus you know like like we were mentioning a few minutes ago being just a runner. I think the fact that I've paced uh, a, a number of different runners uh, and different people see what it actually entails, they think that it's something that they would actually like to do. And then what they actually do is is that they run along with you for, for a couple of different events where they're actually – trying to learn to pace themselves so i now have one guy who who paces london i paced him in his first ever marathon uh in chester um just over three years ago and he he now paces london he paces manchester he paces milton Keynes. um but what paul actually did was is that he actually took like took some time out and and ghosted alongside me you know just just to you know work out what we actually do how we we interact with the runners and and you know we encourage and so on and so forth and similarly um now um there's a lady who again she paced the first event with me last year in in chester having been paced by me nine or ten times in different events and so she's actually pacing london this year which is you know a massive thing for her and also then she's going to be pacing um berlin with me so i just think to me is is when you actually so like see people who are going from participating in their first marathon to two three years later actually so like saying you know what i want to give a bit back as well i want to learn how to pace and you know putting their faith in me to actually so like train them and so on and so forth been wonderful and we now have um in the nicest possible way we've developed a little waiting list So, so so there are you know a couple of other people now who again from the group that that I've been fortunate enough to actually have on my buses and, and, and pace them who are now saying that they want to put a bit back and, and they'll be pacing in half marathons initially. So just seeing people uh, have that desire and that confidence to want to do that, I, I think makes pacing so worthwhile um, because it, it is, it's yes, you're giving up your own race, but, but yes, it's so rewarding when, uh, you know, you get, um, lots of high fives at the finish and, and, you know, if you're really lucky, you get the odd, um, uh, sweaty kiss or, or whatever, which is, which is really nice. <laughs> and also one of the things I always tell people that, uh, being a pacer is just not just carrying that flag or stick to 
and taking a bunch of people. There's a lot to go with it and engagement. Try to evaluate your group and how you're pacing them. Who is all, all having a problem? How how many people are still with you? And there's so many things that happens and it's, it's a stressful and on its own rather than just racing, you know, your individual race. If I would have been uh, racing in Miami last week, you know, they were probably at a point I probably would have stopped walking, start walking and, and stuff like that. But for uh, being a pacer and the guy next to me and uh, he, he was, he wanted to go uh, as long as I'm going. So it kind of motivated me to continue run with him. So, so it's kind of, you know, all those rewards we get for being a pacer. And, and also for your case is uh, passing a baton, I think. That's what you're doing. That's yeah. That's a great story. It is. And the thing is, is that, you know, another example I've actually given, there's a guy called Dave Horton in the UK who has been on my bus five or six times. And at 17, 18 miles, you just see him fall away. And he comes in half an hour later and so on and so forth. And last year in London, he was there again. And at 17 miles, we still had a strong group around us. And so at 17 miles, I would say to one of them, get older, Dave. And somebody then did mile 18 with him and then somebody else did mile 19 and then someone did mile 20 and this went on till so like mile 23 and then at mile 23 um i took a selfie of 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 myself and him and and tweeted it out and basically said to him you know if he didn't stay on the bus now he'd look very silly with his friends and and best thing ever you know it really was best thing ever you know he 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 beat you know, sub five for the first time in 20 odd attempts and whatever, you know, he did 459.38. And uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that to me is, is again, how it works. You know, the, the group pull together, the group help each other. Uh, and that can only happen if you're all interacting and getting to know each other. And, and, you know, so that was a real highlight for me. And so like 2016, actually, so like crossing the finishing line with him and uh, all the people that actually so like helped him across. Yeah, definitely. Let's move on from topic of pacing to you actually running around the world. Give us some experience. Yeah. <laughs> you have vast experience in running the world. Um, you have, like you said earlier, you mentioned about different part of Europe, Asia. Um, I don't know if you you have done Africa as well. Kind of, kind of give us some some experience. Uh, yeah, I'm very lucky. Um, I've obviously like running in America a few um, a few of the major events, um, and in Europe. Yeah, I've done all the major cities. So, you know, whether it's Paris or Milan or Rome, uh, Barcelona is a fantastic event. You know, I've done Berlin before. Um, my favorite event, though, you know, you alluded to it in terms of Africa. You know, I was very fortunate um, that I, in 2013 and 2014, I actually run the, the Comrades Marathon. And for anybody really wanting to do three or four things, firstly, if you want to really challenge yourself, um, then Comrades is anywhere between 87 and 89 kilometers, uh, depending upon road closures. Um, it's extremely hilly. It, it's quite warm in, in South Africa, in, in, in Durban around that time of year. So the first year I did it was 31 degrees Celsius. But the thing with, with Comrades is is that the event overtakes the whole country. It's, it's gun to gun. So you've got 12 hours to do it. So at 5.30 in the evening, the marshal fires his gun. And if you're one meter from the finish line, you're not allowed to finish. You, you, you are a DNF. Um, but you have 48 aid stations uh, with food, with ice, with bands. With, it, is, it is the most incredible event ever. And, and so one year you do it up. So 2013, I did it up. And in 2014, you do the down run because that's the way they actually market their events. You know, you're, you're only really classed as being a true comrade if, you, if you've done up and down. Um, 
recommended to to anybody to if you've got five minutes to spare just go on the comrades website and just look at the videos of the start and the finish and uh it, it, just thinking about it now you know it does it makes the hairs on the back of your neck actually so like stand up it's 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 a fantastic event uh, and one that uh, i think anyone should actually do um one other uh, really good international event is seoul um in uh, in south korea um it's fantastic for a number of reasons um firstly you know, of the 20,000 runners, there's only probably about 100, 200 who aren't Korean. So they they all want to talk to you. They all want to have your photograph taken and so on and so forth. The fact that I did it dressed as Mr. Incredible probably made me a bit of a um, bit of a freak show. But, uh, you know, <laughs> f- f- photographs all along the way. And, and then you finish in the Olympic Stadium. And, and it is. It's just, abs- you know, it's an absolutely incredible event. Um, and then the only other one uh, I would say is definitely worth doing as well and, and in, in a similar sort of like scale is, um, is Dubai. So Dubai, you know, fascinating place you know a because of the wealth um and, and so all the high-rise buildings and, and whatever uh but also because of the support again that you actually get out on the course and whatever there because um typically speaking you know they've got a lot of you know the faster runners actually out there trying to uh push for world records and prize money and things like that but it's great to to do events like that where you're experiencing different cultures um so uh, so, th- so so that's good but i have to say i'm biased but i think i'm object i've got a pretty objective view of all the marathons I've, I've actually done just in terms of organization and the start the finish and, and the crowds chicago is my favorite it's you know i've done it three times now all three as uh, as a pacer but i just think it's it, it's a wonderful event and so so well organized your race is done even even pacing five hours you know your race is done by you know just gone one o'clock and uh, so you've got the afternoon to yourself to to you know really enjoy um the atmosphere that uh um, a big event like that actually has um, at the finish. So, so like celebrating with all the uh, runners who've uh, who've managed to finish. Definitely. And I, after I pace and finish pacing, usually I go with my pace stick and go walk around and drink a lot of beers with everybody. Cheers and high fives. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's particularly nice in places like that where, you know, the first thing you're actually greeted with is a pint of Goose Island. And, uh, <laughs> and as you say, you know, it, it, it's nice just to hang around there and, uh, you know, welcome people who've been around you um, yeah. to actually do that. Yeah, I, I do drink with the people finishing with me and then I go and the finishing, you know, festival area and drink more. So, yeah, I spend absolutely. a lot, I spend a lot of time drinking afterwards. So, Gary, are you ready for a run sprint round? We are at the sprint round. We ask a series of question answers and um, we, we may be able to learn more about you. Are you ready? OK, far away. Uh, what type of running shoes do you wear? I normally wear Asics. Um that said, I'm, I'm comfortable in, in most neutral shoes, uh, but Asics, Nimbus, or Cumulus, uh, my favorite. But you recently tried Altera or Ultra. Uh, how, how, did you, how did you like that out of Miami, that shoes? Yeah, I, I, I wore them, and, and I'd only done four and a half miles on the treadmill um, on the day I actually got the shoes. The shoes were, were pretty comfortable, and they certainly absorbed the water that came down. So, you know, I had no blisters or anything. So, yeah, I thought they were really comfortable. Yeah, I, I definitely about the water. It was drained really well. I was pretty yeah. pretty surprised. Uh, that was my first experience with uh, the Ultra Sue, so mm-hmm. th- I'm looking forward to wear it, and uh, probably I'll wear it next week as well when I pace uh, Mercedes Marathon here. What type of GPS device do you use? I use a Garmin uh, 620. 
Who or what inspires you? Who inspires me? My, my main inspiration is my mother. And, and, and I don't say that in any way other than just the way she's brought me up. And, and, and I think the way I am in terms of helping, encouraging and so on and so forth is, is, is the way in which she's always wanted uh, me to be. And it's the way she is. I was with her last night. You know, my, uh, my youngest son recently got married in Australia. So we had his uh, UK wedding last night. And, you know, my mother's 80 years of age and she was in the thick of it. And uh, so without doubt, yeah, she's my main inspiration. You know, she uh, every time I do a marathon, even though it's only one more, she asks me, how many have you done now? Um, so, uh, you know, I think once you get to that age, it, uh, the, the numbers just uh, she keeps forgetting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mothers are always inspiration to all of us. So my mom is also like that too. So she have quit asking me not to run anymore. She knows that I wouldn't do that. So <laughs> she has kind of, I actually took her some of the races with me local here. And uh, this time when she was visiting me, so so she had fun. She talks about that a lot. So and, um, and, and the best thing ever was, was you know, I did, I did my 100th marathon uh, at Chester. And both my sons um, thought it'd be good for, for my mother to drink champagne so by the time i got to the finish um, my mother was sitting on a deck chair right by the finish line and um yeah she'd had a good day she had a good day <laughs> what is the best running advice have you ever received the best running advice i received two things firstly get the right shoes because when i first started running i just bought the most expensive shoes i went to the asics factory and they took them off me and they said, don't use um, Kayano anymore. These are the shoes you should actually use, even though they're, they're less expensive. So get the right shoes. And then the second thing is practice your breathing, because if you get your breathing right, so even when you're walking around the house, just, you know, practice deep breaths and, and you know, right shoes, good breathing. And then your brain is less likely to tell your legs that, that, uh, that you're tired. It's tired regardless, but yeah, that'll help. Yeah. Uh, have you done any trail running or you only only run roads? I love, I, I love trail running, so I've been very lucky. A number of the marathons I've actually done are trail marathons. I'm not very good at the navigation side of it, so I'm not, you know, I'm not good at the technical side, but, but yeah, you know, some of the, um, some of the hills in, you know, let's say Stroud, which is relatively local to here and Derbyshire and, and so on, uh, um, uh, are wonderful. And in, um, in June, um, this year on June the 17th, I'm doing the Hadrian's Wall Marathon, which is, um, is very lumpy, hilly, um terrain and, and and basically hadrian's wall is is the wall that divides england and scotland so it's um it's 69 miles of uh of, of quite testing trail so i'm very much looking forward to that so leading up to the next question is uh are you a downhill runner or uphill climber what i mean you talked about chicago that's pretty much flat so except the last <laughs> what uh 20 yards or something <laughs> but uh, but what kind of what kind of terrain would you like to run or race i'm i'm comfortable with either um because again you know i i i don't run breakneck speeds uh you know i just i take it easy so so if you use comrades as an example you know my time for going up and down you know for the um best part of 56 miles were three minutes apart so you know i don't bomb down hills you know i don't you know push myself uphill um to get out of breath so i'm 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 comfortable with either 
Um, but uh, what I certainly don't do is 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 push myself when I'm going uphill to the point whereby you know I, I literally can't breathe um, uh, for when I'm actually like coming down the other side. What type of uh, training do you do you do in England? Uh, because it's a lot of cold weather, it rains a lot. Uh, the way I have known, but it's cold, dampy weathers and stuff. What kind of training uh, do you do over there? Uh, typically speaking, I'll run you know, five, six times a week. I won't do long distances unless I'm actually doing a marathon. So I'll do anywhere between so like six and 10 miles. Um, so for example, this weekend, um, I did seven miles yesterday and I did eight and a half miles today, but well wrapped up, you know, you, you very right, you know, hat, gloves, coat, you know, tights. And, and so, yeah, you have to wrap up with the weather here, but I'm very much a morning person. So for example, you know, tomorrow morning, I'll be getting a six o'clock train into London. I'll probably get up about 4am and, and just do a gentle five and a half, six miles before I go to get the train. So I suppose really reasonable volume, but, but nothing too long. So do you still uh, run outside and not inside or treadmills or anything like that? I only tend to use treadmills when I'm, when I'm in hotels, even though I've got one in my garage. But um, yeah, no, I prefer being outside. Far, far, you know, far, far nicer. And, uh, you know, I take some fantastic photos, uh, particularly when I'm in, in and around London in the early hours of the morning because, uh, yeah, there's some, some wonderful sights there. So what kind of running community uh, England has um, in general? There's a lot of running clubs in England and the the running community has really, really grown because of, of park run. You know, I, I don't know how many park runs there are in the UK, but but so many people now have actually got involved in running because it's 5K, it's a Saturday morning, um, it's become a, a social thing. Um, so a lot of people are involved with running because of that. Um We don't have the, from, you know, stepping up to marathon, we don't have the volume of marathons that you actually have in the US. Um, we, we might have, you know, one or two uh, marathons each weekend that are, you know, a couple of hundred or so strong and whatever. Um, but putting things into context, you know, the size of, of the US is no different than me. So like flying off to Europe, you know, on a three, four hour flight to go find uh, one of the, uh, you know, one of the big city events and whatever. So, uh, so yeah. But but in the UK, it it, it it's definitely a um, a growing sport because of parkrun. Definitely, and and here is also since I have started running running any any distance any anything you know trail to road to you know everything is is growing faster. What type of a nutrition plan do you use, or do you use any? I don't use any, and and, and the problem I actually have is is uh, I have an awful diet um, because. Um, I tend to use the, the excuse that, that I'm away from home two, three nights a week. So it's easier just to um, grab a sandwich and, and maybe some uh, crisps or potato chips, as you call them, um, that then get a proper meal. So, um, yeah, I, I don't eat as healthily as, as, as I should do. Um, but then again, perhaps if I did, I'd start taking myself too seriously and start wanting to push for PRs and so on and so forth. And, and I genuinely, I, I don't want to do that. You know, I, I enjoy my running. I enjoy meeting lots of different people. I love going to lots of different places and I'm happy doing that. Uh, without having to think about what I'm going to eat. And, you know, I'll have the occasional beer as well, too. So, you know, I don't want to uh, – I, I just don't have the self-discipline to to to, um, to have a good diet. Yeah, no problem with that as long as you're eating good, as long as you're eating. Uh, I think you have answered this next question already. What is your favorite race event that you have done? It's like I think you have done 120 
How, how many marathons you have ultra marathons have you done uh last last week was 127 including i would say ultras it's about seven or eight the first ultra i ever did was was the dead sea uh the dead sea ultra which uh we you run from a mom uh, down to the dead sea in jordan which again was it was a, a fantastic event you know real fascinating to see so like different cultures and whatever but now my favorite event by a long way you know comrades you really, really need to do it. Trust me. You have really convinced me. I was even talking about <laughs> friends yesterday. I said, hey, we need to put a comrade in our calendar sometime. So so thinking about races going beyond our borders and limits. What you is, won't be disappointed. Definitely. I'll never disappointed by any races, regardless. Is there a race that you haven't run that you like to run? I think you mentioned that you want to run Boston sometime soon. Yeah, Um I can't do Boston this year because of uh, of other commitments, but I will do Boston uh, 2018, so that should complete my uh, um, six majors. So, yeah, definitely want to do Boston. I'm keen to do – there's another race in South Africa, which is called Two Oceans, um, which is a 35-mile, but, again, it's it's seven-hour gun-to-gun, so it takes you 20 minutes to get over to the start. You, you don't get it back. So that's another one that's on the bucket list. And then the only other one that I really – would like to do whether or not um, I'm I'm brave enough to actually do it is um, is Everest. Um, I hear so much, and I was talking to you last week about Nepal. You know, just 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 having a go at something which totally takes you out of your comfort zone. I don't really like cold weather, um, but you know, you hear so many things about having a go at uh at something like that i don't mean climbing everest by the way that there, there is um everest uh, marathon an, an everest marathon yeah um no but uh i i don't know but that's certainly... that's definitely in my cal on my calendar as well to do everest marathon yeah. and um, hopefully i can do it one day but it's not as it's really in true and true it's not that difficult the, the this trail run but uh most of the time you're running downhill uh you know you're running back yeah it's uh, you coming to lower elevation than climbing to high, higher elevation. That's that makes a difference. Um, I think you you start at the base camp and you end up in I'm saying so. We'll have to schedule. We'll have to schedule that one together because you yeah. can be you can be my tour guide. I'll be your Serpa, so definitely. <laughs> Before we conclude our interview, I would just like you to give us a word of advice to runners listening to us. And with all the experience you have running, pacing around the world, give us a word of advice. To beginner runner, you know, veterans, long runners like me, just kind of give a word of advice. I think the main thing I would say to anybody is enjoy it, but also be proud of whatever you actually achieve. I was talking to somebody last night, and 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 she was just starting running, and one of her friends had said, "Well, you know, you need to run, uh, be able to run a mile in a certain time," and I, and I said to her, "No." You need to be able to run a mile without being out of breath, without hurting, you know. So, so what I would actually say is, is, is two things. Firstly, enjoy it. But, but secondly, is don't really listen to, to anybody other than yourself. You know, it has, you know, listen to your own body and do what you, uh, can actually do within the limitations of your lifestyle with, with, with whatever. Too many people, you know, buy, uh, books with plans and they have to do this and whatever. Um, you'll get to where you need to get to far, far better if you're actually like enjoying it and doing what you actually can without doing what other people say that you have to do so so to me you know I've, I've never really had a plan i've never really had any training plans or whatever um because life tends to get in the way so 
and then the final thing is just encourage other people because again you know too many people can can try and not necessarily frighten people frightens the wrong word but but can actually try and um put an element of fear into people that running is difficult running isn't difficult I've said before you get the right shoes you breathe properly you can go as far as uh, as you actually want to go um and 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 yeah get something out of it go and see nice places nice places where you live um but yeah just don't don't be don't be a slave to it to, to a plan just because someone said that's what you need to do great that sounds like great advice and it has really been a pleasure to talk to you and uh, we'll probably see you at chicago or somewhere running pacing thanks for your time gary Thank you for your time and good luck with your marathon next weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Emruns Podcast. Please subscribe to Emruns Podcast channel Voice of Runners. Also follow emruns.com's social media handle Marathon Runs on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram for recent updates, photos and more.